Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. This is episode number 235. All the way to 235. Um, We are... We're doing My Left Foot this time, the Daniel Day-Lewis movie about the life of Christy Brown. And, uh... It's going to be a great show this time around. I have Pat with me, uh, but very, very quickly, I'm going to be doing uh, just our, our usual spiel of our spoiler alert and iTunes stuff and all that. Uh, so very, very quickly, spoiler alert. We do, we're talking movies. We're going to spoil movies. If we start to mention a movie, even in like the new movie news segment, we might spoil that movie for you. So we might talk plot points, you know, speculation we've heard if the movie is not out yet. So just be aware. That's kind of the, the MO of our podcast. Um, other than that, uh, if you want to leave us an iTunes review, that would be very helpful for us. That's a way to let more people know about the show and let us know how we're doing. So if you have not done that lately, uh, please go ahead and leave an iTunes review for us and then visit our website. If you want to find out more about the show, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the different social medias. Uh, but the one place to find all of our episodes is on our website and that's three zero podcast.com. If you want to find us on the social medias, we're 30 podcast three zero podcast. One of the other things that we tend to use pretty frequently is the app or website letterboxd l-e-t-t-e-r-b-o-x-d.com or there's the app uh, for iphone and i should have one for android too we do uh, i do post quite a bit of stuff on there and we also have uh, kind of a nice visual listing of all the movies we've done for our 235 episodes up to this point on there so it's an easy way to kind of go back through and find a movie that you would like to listen to you can uh, on our list I think the list is called the 30-something movie podcast so far, and it has the like the DVD covers uh, or, or video covers of each of the movies we've done up to this point. You can just click on those, and each one will have a link to that episode, so you can find that show and listen to whichever one you want. So, there you go. Um, so, yeah, so I've got a couple of new movie news things real quick, uh, and like I said, I'm going to have Pat with me tonight, uh, Jeff and... But Love Fest, I almost called him Bo. Uh, Love Fest was not able to join us tonight. Uh, Dennis may be showing up later, not sure. Uh, he was out running some running some errands, so he may be here a little bit later. But um, I do have Pat with me tonight, so we're going to get going here in just a second to talk a little bit about some new movie news that we've seen, uh, some stuff that came out on the Twitters within the last few days or so, and then we'll get going talking My Left Foot. And I know um, this is probably one that Pat enjoyed because I know he does like uh, Ireland and Irish-type things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. All right. Uh, so, well, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing well, John. How are you? Doing all right. It was it was a it was the first day back after spring break for us. It was a full day. It was a full day, and it was April Fools. Did anybody April Fools you? Uh my mom my mom's favorite holiday. 
So okay. she tried, but nothing, nothing much. Okay. Um, uh, nothing much. And then my kids were getting me in, so that was pretty fun okay. with their efforts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the, uh, someone, uh, someone in our building got it pretty good. Oh, did they really? Oh yeah. Okay. What happened? Well, there's is a it, couple. Is of, it a story you can tell? I suppose so. Okay. You can edit if you need to. I'll just leave right. it like this. There's a couple of teachers that park in a parking lot that they're not supposed to park in. Oh yeah. It's pretty consistent. Yep. So I know who they are. In accordance with our principal, and they had one of our superintendents and everybody involved. Uh, one of the teachers, a uh, couple of the teammates to the t- one of the teachers, they took her keys and moved her car around to the other side of the building, <laughs> and then told her that her car was probably towed. Oh, that's outstanding. Should... Yeah, and <laughs> so I think it was pretty good. Oh, I love that. That's, yeah. That's yeah. so much better. I remember the one year that I tried a couple of things. I put, uh, I don't know if you remember that, uh, the photocopiers at work. Yeah. I put, I put a sign on the photocopiers that said manual controls were broken. You had to use voice commands. Oh, that's good. Good form. And I had a couple of people walk up to the copiers and, and somebody's, I think I might've been in the room when, when the person said this, but Hello, somebody computer. walked, well, somebody walked up to it and they just looked at the sign and they go, Oh, I have to talk to this thing now. Oh. And, and they just, they decided not to make copies. They didn't even want to bother trying to talk to it, but they completely thought it was real. They're just like, no, you know what? Forget it. I'm not, yeah. I don't need copies that bad. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I like that one, but the the move in the car is a pretty good one. That is a good one. I that won't is, lie to you. Anybody get you there, John? Any? No, I, I got home and uh, uh, Nora had created a sold sign that she put on the front of the house. Okay. Um, and then there was a cardboard. Uh, this apparently was provided by another family that we know, uh, and and I guess they used this on their own dad or, or, or in the family. Uh, they had done this little cardboard cutout that you put on the uh, inside of the toilet seat. Okay. And it has this little kind of like this, uh, you know, little maybe golf ball sized hole. And uh, mm-hmm. it had an arrow pointing to it. And it said something like um, expert mode, aim here. <laughs> and so that That's wasn't good. for me. She actually did that for my son. So Okay, good. The, and the problem is, thankfully, I got to it first because I hear him yelling. He's like, Nora! And I said, oh, so you found it. He's like, yeah. And I said, you weren't going to try it, were you? He's like, well, now that you mention it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Hand it over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah. Well, because number one, if you decide to try it, I'm not cleaning it up. Right. No. Uh, but that was the extent of our April Fool's. Not a whole lot. Uh, nothing too extreme. Yeah, but good stuff. Good stuff, though. Good stuff. Uh, very, very quickly, how was your spring break? Because we were just on spring break. Did you go anywhere? Did you... You, you know, it stayed at home. Tammy does yearbook for her school. Oh, yeah. So it was, <laughs> she was doing yearbook around the clock um, for most of it. I felt bad for her. But, um, but uh, no, it was a good spring break. A lot of times with the, a lot of time with the kids. Kids played outside a bunch. Um, they dug a hole in our backyard and then dug other holes nice. in our backyard. And As you should. As you should. And hoses were connected to the side of the house and water and, and mud in the house and it was lots of fun stuff there you go. and um yeah i had some real nice chances to uh do a lot of running play my trumpet and all the good things in life did you run what? and play your trumpet at the same time i i had no i'm not you know I have did you ever bit. done that I, I guess that'd be the next marching question. band was close okay marching band was close but you've never so. you've never jogged and played the trumpet at the same time N- never tried to make that happen i feel never. like that's the next level for you i <laughs> 
<laughs> the next level of awareness. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I fell into the Matrix rabbit hole. Holy oh, buckets. You? Yeah, I, you know what, Batman 89, now I can't wait to talk about Matrix 99. <laughs> 10 years no, from now, John. No, ten, 10 years from now. So we did a four-year wait to get to talk about Batman. Now it'll be 10 years. But you know what, honestly, that's just over double. I mean, well, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I mean. It's doable. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so so did you, I, I don't know if I shared it with you then. Um, there was an article that I saw the other day, and I, I might have just tweeted it from our Twitter account for the podcast. But there was an article the other day that was all about how the Matrix, the first Matrix movie, has aged really badly. Really? And I'm reading this article going, uh, I'm not sure we watched the same movie because I disagree with pretty much everything you've said. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd like to read the article because I'm I'm like thinking about it and it's just like. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. You know what? And and, And I'll tell you. Like, the thing that doesn't bother me is the phones, because, I mean, if they're mm-hmm. talking like, well, we're all on cell phones or smartphones now, if it's like that kind of stuff, No, then... it, it had nothing to do with the phones. Uh, okay, I think, then I... I think, I, a good, I think a good portion of it had to do with, uh, it'll go back to our uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom discussion. Okay. It has to do with the savior being a white man and oh. his, his assistants being a black man and a white woman. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... I'm not. That seemed like it was a big portion of the article. Yeah, I, that that seems a little bit of a stretch, especially yeah, because that's what I they, thought. Especially because they originally tried to um, get Will Smith for the part. Right. Um. So yeah, I actually. I'll send you the article. Some of yeah, it, might, some of I, it I might frustrate you a little bit, but it it was an interesting read. I didn't agree with most of it, but it was interesting. And and I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's always food for thought. And, and again, yeah. I mean, I you live by the sword, die by the sword. I, I, I really, you know, I think you got to consider everyone's perspective. But I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, we uh, yeah for our spring break, we had um, the beginning of our spring break was our our usual nerd fest, our C two E two comic book show. Yeah, how was that? And that was really good. Um, actually, Nora and I just did a podcast the other day for Captain Marvel. Right. Okay. So if you so haven't seen if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, don't listen to it yet, because um, we give away a bunch of stuff. But uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about that on the episode that she did with me. So she went with me. I always go. I always go the whole weekend. But she okay. went with me. Just myself and and Nora went on Saturday. I, actually, uh, my sibling and and uh, fiance went, um, and their fiance went Saturday too. And then the whole family came on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So my sibling, their fiance. Uh, my son, my wife, my mother-in-law. So it was like the entire family. Um, and we were all decked out. Uh, Nora and I were Jedi. She was my apprentice and I was the master. Uh, that was Saturday. And then on Sunday, I was, uh, I was, I was tired at that point. I decided I just wanted a very simple costume to wear. So I went all black and did Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker. All right. Nice and easy. Uh, Nora was Chewbacca. Uh, and she had bought a little porg, uh, a little like plush porg, and she um, safety pinned it to her shoulder. Fun. And uh, Sharon was on solo. Okay. And as usual, her mom was a star uh, Starfleet officer. Good. Okay. So we have the rest of the family does Star Wars, and she always does Star Trek, and we always get comments about that every time. Okay. Um, and then John, John didn't really want to do costumes much. His his stormtrooper costume was a little bit too small. He just decided I'm gonna put on a Superman shirt and I'll be Superboy. Sure. 
Yeah. Okay. That's cool. You do whatever you want. Um, so it was good. We had a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. But uh, yeah, that, and then we moved a whole bunch of rooms around in our house. So we, I'm, I'm recording right now from our new library in our house. That's so exciting. it's, I'm, I'm surrounded by books and I absolutely love it. Um, and uh, so Nora has a new room. She's, she's got her own room now that has a, a bathroom and uh, more closet space and the piano is in her room so she can play anytime she wants. And awesome. so all kinds of good stuff. And we're going to, we're going to be updating John's room and just doing some other stuff around the house as, as we can and as time permits. But that was, we decided instead of taking it easy that we were going to work over spring break. And I think our, our muscles and bodies feel it because we tried to wake up this morning and everybody was, everybody was sore. Like they, they had pulled something or, you know, John had a splint on his thumb cause he hurt it carrying a box of books. And yeah. so it was, it was like we had played a full contact sport over the, over the spring break week. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, well, that's good, man. That's so, good. not but, that everyone's beat up, but that's right. good that you got, we got stuff done. Know, exactly. We got stuff done. So cool. All right. Well, why don't we jump on into just, I got two things real quick for some movie news stuff. Um, and I don't, some of these are, are verging on the horror side of things. So I don't All know right. how interested you're going to be, but All we'll, right, we'll go into them anyway. Um, you, I think you will be interested because of the people who are involved in them. Okay. So, uh, real quick, Mark Hamill, uh, tweeted out the other day that, and, and I believe the movie's coming out in like three months. So not okay. very long. Uh, Mark Hamill has been picked to be the voice of Chucky in the Child's Play remake. Oh, so, okay. So Chucky will be voiced by Luke Skywalker. All right, that'd and, be cool. And, and the Joker. So I'll be curious to see what that voice, you know, how they decide to yeah. go with with the uh, voice for, for Chucky in the new movie. Hello, WonderCon. It's Mark Hamill here. And if you're wondering who's going to voice Chucky in the new Child's Play, you're looking at him. I can't wait to bring such an iconic character to life and present him in a way you've never seen him before. Child's Play this summer. We're going to have some fun. And remember, he's more than just a toy. He's your best friend. Got it. Okay. That's all I got for that one, just that they made that announcement. Um, the one that came out today, and I'm really hoping that, I think I texted you guys this earlier, I'm really hoping that this is not an April Fool's thing, because I watched the trailer, and I really want this to be a real movie now. Mm-hmm. There's a zombie comedy starring Bill Murray and Adam Driver. Adam Driver is uh, Kylo Ren from right? the new okay. Star Wars movies. And they play two cops in this small town where a zombie outbreak takes place. Okay. Uh, and the movie is called The Dead Don't Die. Okay. And the trailer looks hilarious. And it just, it's, well, it's, it's kind of like you see Adam Driver, you know, Kylo Ren, and it's kind of the very deadpan humor that he did when he was on Saturday Night Live. Did you, did you see that one when he was on SNL I, and he did the, uh, he did like a Fortnite, uh, a dad playing Fortnite skit and he did um, Matt the radar technician uh, I, on Starkiller Base? I haven't, but I should check it out. Okay, I'll have to send you those. Okay, this is Kylo Ren did this. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So it's the it's, so the two of them are, are partners. They're cops, and uh, this zombie outbreak takes place, and it seems like everybody else in the movie is is just not quite sure what to do with the zombies. Like they're not. Nobody's shocked. Nobody really reacts the way that you would expect people to react. Like zombies come at them, and they're like, "Oh, what's wrong with these people?" and Everybody's kind of dumber than you would expect in real life. Okay. Um, but it looks like it'll be hilarious. 
in this peaceful town, on these quiet streets, something terrifying, something horrifying is coming. Excuse me, we're closed. Get away from me! What the hell was it? A wild animal? This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. You look gorgeous. Oh my. Are you in this together? Flesh-eating zombies. Don't joke, it's really, really creepy. Oh, man. This isn't gonna end well. They gravitate towards things they did when they were alive. Coffee. Chardonnay. Did she just say Chardonnay? Yeah, she did. Welcome to my world, zombies. I've been telling you this is all gonna end badly. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm quite confident of my ability to defend myself against the undead. I can see that. Excuse me. Those are some pretty good cuts. You played some minor league ball, didn't you? Well, um, a little class A. It was a long time ago. So I really hope this is a real movie and not just a very elaborate um, April Fool's prank. Well, yeah, because it sounds like a good movie. Uh, there's at one point, and i got to go back and look at the trailer, there's at one point where they either they shoot a zombie or they, they chop off a zombie's head, and I feel like the zombie is wearing the same sweater that Bill Murray is wearing in Zombieland. Okay, that's so awesome. I, I got to go back and look and see because I wasn't sure. But at, at first glance, I was like, that looks like the outfit that Bill Murray was wearing when he was the when he was pretending to be a zombie in Zombieland. Yes. So that would be very cool. Uh, that's all I got. I don't know. Did you, anything else come up that I, you saw new movie news wise or I do. However, we yeah. have a visitor to the podcast right here. Dominic oh, yeah? has just walked out. Dominic, oh, say hey, hi, Dominic. Mr. Reed. Hi. Hi, Dominic. How are you? you Mr. Reed, you just say hello. Hi. Hello? He, he can't hear because it's coming through my headphones. Oh, because Mr. Reed, Mr. Reed says hello. <laughs> All right. So the only thing that I have um, is the uh, Motley Crue biopic that came out. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. I kind of didn't even realize it was coming out till like a day before. Have you watched it? Uh, oh, yes. Okay. Twice. Okay. And, okay. Um, I've it's, heard it's good. I've heard it's not friendly to anyone younger than us. No. No, it is it <laughs> like is, not for children. It is mo- most assuredly not for children. Okay, and it's called is it, it's called the dirt. The dirt, which is yeah. the um, their the autobiography or the the book that they came out with. I don't think yeah. it's an autobiography. What's their memoir? I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um. So Motley Crue was my band growing up, okay. and I, when I say my band, I mean they were they were my favorite band. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and I'm thinking back, like even now, I'm like you know all the other bands that I listen to, and Motley, Crue, I just I love their tunes. Now, if you listen to much Motley Crue, you know it's definitely the wild side of life. And they've got some tunes, like 
there's about there's a number of them I'll play for my kids and they're completely clean. And, you know, yeah. Um, home sweet home, for example, on the uh, yeah. the um, uh, Stranger Things three yeah. trailer opens up with that. Okay, but obviously the band was very notorious for its its very lurid partying and and over the top kind of stuff, and uh, this this movie very much shows it. Now you can't okay. take. You know, it focuses on the first part of their career. So, I mean, like the first 10 years, you can't take like 10, 20 years and condense it into an hour and a half without dropping some things. So there's some, you know, they, they change some things around and all that. But I think, and I've seen some interviews with some of the guys and they just said, yeah, we really wanted to show and we wanted it to not be like tame. You know, and so that's why they were like, we're really excited that Netflix picked it up and they let us do what we wanted with it. And, um, you know, because like Paramount and and it was funny because Nikki Six was talking and he's like, Paramount, great, you know, nothing against them. But they wanted to kind of sanitize it a bit. And that wasn't what we wanted to do. And they really wanted to show that they really wanted to show it kind of like raw, like this is what was going on. But not from a glorified or a ha ha kind of thing, but from a this wow, this yeah. this wasn't. And if I'm I'm paraphrasing, but if I get the gist of it in the interview, Nikki Six was saying like, yeah, we're just trying to show that that was a different time, and it wasn't necessarily the right way to go about things. <laughs> so it's yeah. um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, movie. And like I said, it, it shows, you know, it highlights a bunch of the music, and that's pretty exciting because it was my favorite band growing up. Oh, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, there's some there's some cool stuff in there. Awesome. But yeah, I'll have be- to check that out. I, I saw um, it might have been somebody, uh, you, one of the other podcasts I used to listen to, um, he does uh, he does several different podcasts. Uh, Steve Glosson is his name. He's from Georgia, okay. and he does several different podcasts. One of the ones that he used to do, I don't know if he still does because I haven't. I don't know if I've picked that one up in my podcast feed since I got the new phone a little while back. Was called uh, his show is usually called Geek Out Loud, mm-hmm. and he started one with uh, somebody else that he had met uh, through the interwebs, and they do one called Rock Out Loud. Okay. And and I feel like it was maybe some, one of the other listeners on the Facebook page had mentioned the dirt and they're like you guys if you if you love Motley Crue, if you love rock and roll bands, if you love Spinal Tap, if you lo- like all this other stuff, they're like you got to mm-hmm. go see the dirt. Don't watch it with your kids, but you got to go mm-hmm. see the dirt. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So, yeah, I I hadn't had a chance to watch it yet, but I had heard about it and I'd heard several people kind of recommend it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome, but okay. again, Definitely not. It's yeah. Not for the not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Definitely not. It could have happened to anybody, but it didn't. It happened to us. A new band is gonna be something nobody's ever seen before. Oh my God, those are my pants. But they look so much better on me. We got a runaway, a kid drummer, an old man. Let's just play it. A cover band singer. They say you're gonna be a rock star. What do you think? 
Holy sh If we want to knock people on their ass, then we've got to give them a show. I'm talking like a stadium show in the clubs. The fans, they're dying for some anarchy. So let's give it to them. I work for Electra Records. You guys like a record deal? I had managed the Scorpions, Bon Jovi, Skid Row, Kiss, but I have never been through what Motley Crue put me through. I am sick and tired of not having any fun. Everything's upside down and flip-flopping. Motley Crue, no strangers to controversy. Vince Neil was charged with vehicular manslaughter. Tommy Lee and Heather Locklear have separated. It's a degenerative bone disease. Nikki Six has overdosed. I know it's not gonna be easy. But I believe in you guys. Win it all or lose it all. We are Molly Crew. This week in 89, so we're looking at kind of like the week of April 2nd to about April 9th of 1989. Uh, the only thing that I've got this time, uh, wasn't a whole lot necessarily major going on during the, the next couple of weeks in 89, but the one that I vividly remember watching was on uh, April 2nd, 1989. It was WrestleMania 5 and Hulk Hogan beats Macho Man Randy Savage in mm. WrestleMania 5 for the championship, so... Uh, I used to watch those religiously and then used to go to the video store and you could always check out the different WrestleMania uh, years. They always had them on VHS. And I remember I'd go and I'd check out like WrestleMania 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. And, it, and, and I remember watching those over and over and over again. So that was one that I do. I remember vividly. Right. All right. Top book this time again, uh, and this is going to be this one for probably the next month and a half. Uh, the Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie. The top movie was Rain Man. Actually, Rain Man had come out in December of 88 and um, had been popular. It was top of the charts in January of 89. And then as other movies came out, it kind of went away. But then Rain Man actually came back. I want to say it was like it's 16th or 19th or something like that week of release. And it moved back up to the top spot again. Mm -hmm. So so that was pretty cool. Now, you don't, normally you don't see a movie that had been out for multiple months at this point uh, come back and take the number one spot uh, after that much time. But it was it was Rain Man this time around. So uh, cool. Top song was Eternal Flame by the Bangles. All right. All right. That's all I got for this week in 89. So let's jump on into My Left Foot. So mm. the movie this time is My Left Foot. Came out 24th of February, 1989. Uh, I believe that was the initial Irish release. Um, wide release in the U.S. It didn't actually come out until 1990, but its original premiere in Ireland and um, in the its original premiere in the U.S., a limited release premiere, came out in 89, so that's why we're considering that's it an 89 yeah. movie. There we go. Rated R, with a runtime of 1 hour and 43 minutes, directed by Jim Sheridan, who also did In the Name of the Father, 
and In America, so all the movies that start with In. Producer was Noel Pearson, who did The Secret Scripture. Writers on this one were the director Jim Sheridan, who did the screenplay, Shane Connaughton, who also did the screenplay, and then the novel that this is based off of, obviously written by uh, the artist and novelist Christy Brown, who died in 1981. Uh, Sheridan also wrote In the Name of the Father and In America. Uh, Connaughton also wrote um, The Run of the Country. Cinematography done by Jack Conroy, who did After Midnight and The Gaelic Curse. Music by Elmer Bernstein, who died in 2004, also did To Kill a Mockingbird, The Magnificent Seven, and Ghostbusters. The budget, uh, I had to do a little bit of calculating here because the the way I found it online said 600,000 pounds. So I'm going to take a rough guess based on some estimates on what the exchange rate was at the time and say the budget was $1 million. Okay. Uh, of 1988, 1989 dollars, and the box office was 14.7 million. Mm-hmm. Reviews for this one: Rotten Tomato critics give it a 97 percent. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 92 percent. IMDb gives it a 79. Letterbox gives it a 76. And Cinema Score did not give this one a score. Uh, starring Daniel Day Lewis as Christy Brown, he was in The Last of the Mohicans, In the Name of the Father, and There Will Be Blood. Brenda Fricker was Mrs. Brown, his mother. She was in A Time to Kill and Home Alone 2: Lost in New York. Kirsten Sheridan was Sharon. Uh, She was in The Boxer and In America. She was the writer of In America. Declan Krogan. I'm I'm hoping I'm saying these names correctly, but I I do know, you know, as someone who loves many Irish and Scottish and and often Welsh things too, I'm not going to trust my pronunciation of the names. So if I get them wrong, I do apologize. Okay. Uh, But it looks like Declan Krogan. Could be totally wrong. Uh, He played Tom. He was the writer for Waking the Dead. Cyril Cusack died in 1993. He was Lord Castlewelland. Um, He was in Fahrenheit 451, 1984, and The Day of the Jackal. Ruth McCabe played Mary. She was in Philomena and Breakfast on Pluto. Fiona Shaw played Dr. Eileen Cole. She was in the Harry Potter movies and is currently in the TV series Killing Eve. Ray McAnally was, uh, he died in 1989, not too long after this movie came out. Uh, He was Christie's father, Mr. Brown. He was in The Mission and A Perfect Spy. Hugh O'Connor played young Christy Brown. He was in the 93 version of The Three Musketeers and Chocolat. And Adrian Dunbar played Peter. He was in The Crying Game and Hear My Song. So this movie, um, I I had never seen this movie before. Uh, So this was my first time watching it. Had you seen this one before? No, I had not. Okay. And, and actually, after we watched it, um, Sharon and I watched it together. And after we watched it, she said, I had never even heard of this movie. Now, I had heard of this movie. Like, I, I feel like I had heard of this movie regularly throughout the years. And it was one that I remember seeing, and maybe just as a kid, seeing it in the video store and thinking, well, that's a funny title for a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, My Left Foot. That sounds weird. Um, and I knew nothing about the movie. I had no idea that it was based on a, a real person and a true story, had no idea what it was about. I just, as a kid growing up, I remember seeing this uh, videotape in the store. My parents, maybe they owned a copy of it. I'm sure they probably watched it at some point, but I just remember, yeah, that's a kind of a funny title for a movie. And, um, so this is the first time I, I, you know, I looked up a little bit about the movie before watching it. Otherwise, I knew nothing about it. I had not seen it before. Uh, just knew that it was Daniel Day-Lewis. And, and that was how I came into this movie. So my, uh, my kind of initial reaction to it, it we forgot to, I forgot to do our, uh, our one-sentence spoiler-free review of it uh, as we got going. But uh, mm-hmm. I'll do my one-sentence spoiler-free thing, you know, seconds before we start spoiling the movie. 
And that is to say, I really liked it. Like, really liked this movie. I uh, thought it was really well done. You know, obviously it's it's not, it's not, there's not a lot of action in the movie. It's, it's very much a drama. And it's very much, I think Daniel Day-Lewis, he's very careful about the parts that he picks for himself. And I think it shows. And I think every movie I've ever seen him in is a movie of quality. Yeah. So that's my spoiler-free review before we jump on into the movie. But um, yeah, so this was the first time you saw it as well? First time. And I'm thinking, um, I just actually fired off a text to my mom. I want to say growing up, uh, my mom being Irish, uh, mm-hmm. sees all the Irish movies out there. I remember her saying something to me as a as a child, her talking about seeing this movie, about a wonderful story about a... And basically, I, I thought she had told me about this movie. Um, so when I started watching it, I'm like, you know, sort of like old Biff in Back to the Future Part 2. There's something really familiar about all of yeah. this. And, um, uh, yeah, so this was the first time I'd seen it. Uh, a one-sentence spoiler-free review. Uh, great movie about um, an inspiring person. If that if that works, I, I'm like trying not to give give spoilers, but yeah, that's that's sufficiently vague for now. Yeah, it's it's a great movie about a very very inspiring person. Um, All right, okay, so that's spoiler free. So now, if you don't want to be spoiled, you probably want to stop here and you can come back and listen later. Go watch the movie and come back and, and listen yeah. to it later. But from here on out, we're gonna talk about the movie. So you've you've been forewarned. Mm-hmm. Um, so so f- full on full on Pat Canigallo review here. What did you think of this movie? Uh, fantastic. I mean, it really, it, and and here's the best thing I can say is, is, you know, I I mean, I watched it within the last day or so, and I don't want to say, oh, I had to watch the movie for the podcast, but it was kind of like one of those, you know, the Sunday blahs before the final, um, start back up with school, uh, had already watched UHF said earlier had been watching all three matrix movies mm-hmm. um like on constant loop throughout the last week and so then this came up and obviously this isn't like a super huge drama or i'm sorry action comedy type movie and so i started watching it and it was like sucked in immediately i mean and it was like i kind of put it on when i was you know doing something i was like doing the dishes or whatever just kind of watching it and i'm like no this this movie is pretty amazing and, you know, just kind of had to put everything else away and just focus on it. Um, it really it really took me. I, I'm not a big expert on it because uh, I'd only seen it the once. But it was interesting that, you know, the portrayal of someone with cerebral palsy um, in, was it, what was it supposed to be said in the 19... 19- uh, well, he was born in the 1930s. Okay. When he died, when he died in 81, I believe he was, hmm, I want to say he was maybe right around age 50. Okay. So he was supposed to be, supposed to have been born, maybe he was like 49. I think he was born in like 1932. Okay. So seeing, I mean, one, seeing uh, a person with a special need in a time period before ours, so, I mean, I think we've, as a society, I think we've progressed in terms of, you know, working with people with all sorts of different needs and so forth. That wasn't the case back then, one. Two, um, 
it was portrayal of a, of a like a working class traditional family um, and seeing how they coped and dealt with it and came together. And uh, so you see all these different slices of, of slices of life, you know, that are, are a little bit different than, you know, kind of what the reality that I know and that we know today. And um, it was, uh, so I don't know, I don't want to, I don't know how to say it. it did, it's not that it made the movie more real, but it made the movie more compelling. I guess that would be how I describe it. And just to, you know, see how he adapted and was able to, you know, his, his family and, and they were able to really come together, I guess, throughout. Because I'm trying to think, you know, in the movie, he really started communicating with them. It wasn't like a situation where, you know, like the King's Speech. I know a completely different thing. But like the King's right. Speech, he had a, a, a doctor working with him. In this, the, the doctor came into it, but later, as a kid, he was able to break through and make the connection with his dad and make the connection with his mom and make the connection with his brothers and sisters and really be a, a very vibrant part of the family. Yeah. Does that make sense? I'm kind of rambling oh, all over the place, but I'm, I'm trying to put the, put the thoughts in my head as we go. And, yeah. you know, we always grew up, and I don't think this is a specifically Irish phrase, but we always grew up, you know, talking about blood is thicker than water. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like you see that on display with his brothers and sisters. Man, they were there for him, and he was there for them. Right. You know, um, I mean, like, no, he was playing in the game. Yeah, he's playing soccer. He's the goalie. Right. He was actually a darn good one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it was you know they're playing spin the bottle. Well, he's mm -hmm. not playing. Well, yeah, he is playing. Curious. He's yeah, he's right there. And then when his sister came home and the dad reacted, right. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah. I mean, and he was right there for his sister. Right. You know, like. Of of anybody in the family, he would have had the most difficult time killing his father. <laughs> right. But he was the one that was, you know, ready to go if need be. Exactly. So it, it really, it really, yeah. I, I'm going to stop talking because now I'm just kind of rambling on and on and mm -hmm. on. But. Yeah, I, one of the things about this movie is that when it uh, when it first started up, and, and again, I, I knew nothing about it going into it, other than I just very briefly looked up a little bit about uh, the real life Christy Brown, and and you know, kind of the, knew knew that this was the uh, the book that that he had initially written, and that's what it was based off of. But I spent this entire movie just. Just I, I think tense from head to toe, mm -hmm. and and not like a, not like a, an un, well it was a little bit uncomfortable, but um, I'm not sure how I want to describe the, the tension that I felt watching this movie, but it was a it was a tension that I just I wanted him to I wanted him to succeed at everything he was doing like when you would see him try to move his body, mm -hmm. and. Um, and and we'll talk about the the actors and their performances in just a minute. But between, I mean, the kid who played the part and then Daniel Day Lewis playing the same part, just there are and I'll repeat this in just a second when we talk about the actors. 
there there are times when I really enjoy an actor's performance when I completely forget that that that's the actor. Mm-hmm. When I just when I see that that's that character, like I don't look at that character and think, oh yeah, he's also Lincoln. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. Like I, he is. And there are other movies where I'm like, oh yeah, it's the same guy. Oh yeah. Indiana Jones is also Harrison or is also a Han Solo. And, and, uh, I'll look at actors and, and be like, oh yeah, it's, well, they're in all these movies. I, a lot of times it's, um, you know, n- not necessarily a knock on Nicolas Cage, but a lot of his characters are very similar. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody like a Daniel Day Lewis, I look at that and I go, I have completely forgotten that this is an actor acting out a role. Yeah. And so I was just, I was, I was tense the entire time watching this movie. And, and probably to your point too, I couldn't do anything else while I was watching this movie. Sometimes right. I'll do something else while we're watching a movie, um, you know, or I'll be watching the movie and maybe taking some notes for the podcast or, or filling out some, uh, you know, filling out some of the notes that we're going to use for the show or something like that. This one, I couldn't do that. This one, mm-hmm. on a, occasionally I would look something up on my phone because I, an actor looked familiar and I wanted to see what else they were in, but other than that, I, I had to watch because scenes where he's trying to get himself down the stairs or scenes where he's trying to, you know, write out that fraction for the first time and prove to everybody that, um, you know, that, that y- yes, you can have a quarter of a quarter. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not even a math teacher, and I, I was pretty happy I figured that out. And, uh, yeah, just that was the thing I really enjoyed about this movie was it just it was I think it was an inspiring movie and story without pitying him. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's one of the parts that was done well was that he, he really didn't, I mean, there, there were times he was made fun of, but I don't feel like there were a whole lot of instances where it was just, Oh, let's feel really sad for him or fa- or bad for him because he physically can't do what other people can do. I, I don't feel like that was something that was harped on in the movie. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was well done to just say, no, he's just another person. He just has, you know, he, he's differently abled than the other people in the movie. But this is not someone that needs your pity. Yeah. Yeah. But no. that, and, and that, that makes me want to jump directly to my, my whole talk of Daniel Day-Lewis and, and the boy, uh, was it Hugh O'Connor, I think was the boy's name, mm-hmm. um, who played young Christy and Christy Brown, just phenomenal. Like I, because yeah. Yeah. I kept looking at the kid and I kept thinking, I feel like I know this kid from somewhere. And I have watched that 1993 um, Three Musketeers movie, the one with uh, Kiefer Sutherland and... Um, Charlie Sheen and Chris O'Donnell. I, I've watched that one over and over and over again. Love that movie. He plays the French King, the young French King in that movie. And that's when I realized, Oh, that's where I've seen him before, but completely did not make that connection. And usually I'm pretty good at picking that stuff up. Did not make that connection because you could have, I, I could have been completely convinced that this was not an actor playing a part that that boy actually had cerebral palsy yeah that it was that well done that i i forgot it was an actor yeah yeah it was uh, for both of them for both the boy and for daniel day lewis mm-hmm. no i i agree i agree it was <laughs> yeah that was pretty amazing and that's something i know about daniel day lewis i know he's 
from what I've heard, he does, he chooses his projects carefully. Like he doesn't do, you know, some actors, they'll do some for a paycheck and then they'll do the movies they really want to do. And from what I've heard about him is no, he, he only picks the things he really wants to do. And when he does, he is all in. Um, and I was, I was reading something. There's a, a making of this movie segment on the special edition DVD. And they said that he broke two of his ribs uh, from being in the kind of that hunched over position in in the mm-hmm. wheelchair for weeks at a time during the filming because he would also refuse to come out of character. Okay. Like when they were, when he was, when he was on set, when he was there uh, on location for the filming of everything, he would not break character. Like he stayed in character the entire time. He would have, uh, other people would have to help him eat his food when it was lunchtime. Okay. When, when they weren't filming because he would stay in, he was Christy the entire time. And there was one thing on IMDb that said uh, his agent came to see how filming was going one day and Daniel Day-Lewis refused to break character. And the agent was just like, you know what, forget it, I'm leaving. And he just left because he was like, "Just would you just talk to me in your normal voice? And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't get out of the wheelchair. He wouldn't use his normal voice, stayed in character. And the agent just got frustrated and walked off. Yeah, but that's that's the kind of stuff I've heard about him is that when he gets into a character, he just he becomes that character, and while the movie is filming, he will be that character whenever you see him. Yeah, I've heard that about him as well. Uh, method acting, they call it, yeah. right? Yep. And it's, I mean, I, as you can see by my uh, work on such diverse films as the band director, of course. I am not an actor by any sort stretch of the imagination. So that's not something I could totally. I I thought you did method acting for that one. You stayed stayed in part. Even when we weren't filming, you were the band director. John, my entire life is like one big method acting trip. My whole life is a dark room. One big dark room. Uh, Okay, so I'll tell you, though, I've read about that, and it's pretty... uh, It's pretty amazing when those guys fall into into that, but when when they do that... I'll tell you the one that I'd be the most scared of is uh, is when they said um, uh, uh, "Gangs of New York," the Scorsese. Yeah. You remember that yep. film? Man, I'll tell you, I would not want to be anywhere near Bill the Butcher at any point. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I, I saw that was kind of funny was that uh, they had to use a mirror for filming okay. because he, Daniel Day-Lewis, could only control his right foot to get it to do the things that needed to be done in the movie. Oh, okay. And so they had to film it with a mirror so it looked like his left foot. Oh. So they had a couple of tricks to Got it. help make all that possible. But Yeah, well... Uh... Yeah, that that whole aspect of it really, really made it mm-hmm. uh, very realistic. Well, and and loved how you know, as you said earlier, that there's so many scenes where he just where he's there with everybody else. Like he's mm-hmm. he's with the family. He's trying to do everything that the family's doing when everybody's doing their homework. He's you know he's trying to write the math problems uh, with the chalk. Um, you know when they're playing soccer or football. They, he's out there playing with everybody else when they're playing spin the bottle. He's there doing it with them. Uh, when they find out that you know they they uh, they don't have money and they they need more coal for the fire so that they don't freeze to death, he's out there. He's the one that came up with the plan uh, to get the coal out of the truck. 
Mm-hmm. And and just mm-hmm. come and and when he comes home, just filthy, covered in coal. Just there were several parts of this that just they were they were just hilarious. And yeah. not it's not a comedy movie, but it was just the way he played it off made it really funny. Yeah. Well, it was just like life naturally has right. comedy to it. I mean, there's times when families are going to laugh together right. and cry together and do. And I mean, there's times of like you mentioned getting up for school this morning after rearranging your house, the whole family, like, Oh my God. You know, I mean, there's an inherent comedy to all that. Right. And, and that's well, and, kind of, and, and that because Nora, Nora was totally fine because she didn't move a thing. She probably colored while we were moving things. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, so she's go. fine. Everybody else is the walking wounded. Well, and see, that's, and that's, funny. that's, that's funny. And kind that's of. the kind of humor. The, exactly. That, that you see in this, I didn't quite get that scene. Like when the mom was like, you're all go or what? No, he stole the stuff, and then they had him talk to the priest. Uh, no, says, that was can, when he's talking to the priest. Was when they oh, found they the, hit uh, the magazine. When they, when they found the the magazine with the naked ladies. That's right. Yeah, that's when he's talking. You know, you can get out of purgatory, mm-hmm. but you can't get out of hell. Just right. so you know. No, well, why was he crying? Did his mom guilt him? Is that why he felt so bad after stealing the coal? I don't. I thought he was laughing. Okay. I don't think he I was mean, crying. I thought he was laughing. Okay. Because then yeah. they lit the fire, but that's where she stashed the money. Right. And that's why she was digging in there. Because right, the dad right. didn't why know she the money. Was panicking. Was... Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, jeez. Yeah. No, it's just a just a really good movie. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, you know, in terms of in terms of like the movie itself, um, you know, there are a bunch of other scenes. Oh, the one that I thought was the best, I, I guess we can, um, if we have a favorite scene, we can, we can kind of share that. Um, there was the scene, I'll, I'll say this was a favorite scene, even though it's not like a favorite scene for happy or joyful reasons. I think my favorite scene might've been, well, I, I've got two, I've got one that's a little bit longer and one that's, that's very short. My, one of my favorite scenes is the dinner scene where he finds out that his doctor is engaged even after he tells her that he loves her. Mm-hmm. And like that entire scene, that was another scene where everything was very uncomfortable and very tension-filled because this is really one of the first times that you've seen him kind of by himself in a social setting where other people, especially at that time period, would not have understood why he's there for lack of a better term, why he is there in polite society. Right. And so that scene I just thought was, was very well acted by everybody. And the way the camera kind of turned around and almost from his perspective, watched the rest of the people in the restaurant, it kind of almost did almost like a 360 of going around and and seeing everyone in the restaurant and, and, and looking around and kind of how they were reacting to him getting drunk and yelling and, and, you know, doing all that. And just thought that was a really, really well done scene. Yeah. Like the acting in it. Not not that it was a not that it's my favorite scene because oh that was awesome and it was funny and it was not that, but just the the acting of it and just the way the scene was shot and and that you and on purpose, I think you as a viewer felt uncomfortable and you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that part was really well done. The short scene that I really liked was when um, he is kind of locked up in his locked up in his room and mm-hmm. he uh, he was I'm trying to remember exactly which part it was 
but he he didn't want to. I, th- I think he didn't want to go back to therapy anymore. And the doctor had shown up his, at his house and said, "Well, we can work here." And he tells her uh, he tells her to f off. Mm-hmm. And through the doorway, she goes, "Well, you know, with a little speech therapy, I can teach you to say uh, f off a whole lot clearer." That's yeah. I thought that was a pretty. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Ah, oh, good scenes. Yeah, I, you know what? I I really I agree with you what you said the first scene. I mean, there was a tension underneath this movie. It was like, all right, let's let's get through this situation. Let's get through this, situ- you know, mm-hmm. and all that. I, as far as favorites, I don't know that I have like a, a that was awesome scene, but just very powerful scenes. I mean, and. And I mean, and I guess, you know, when you base something on real life, you're going to naturally have this, but you know, they didn't, they didn't, you know, the father I think was a very real person. I think that's how that kind of a person would react to things, you know, um, the real strength of the family was the mother. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, she's carrying him up the stairs when she was pregnant. Um, I just... My gosh, yeah, I think that was favorite scenes. I, I don't know if that's again the right word, but just you know the portrayal of the mother and just how strong she was. And then the interesting thing that I saw, they brought a little bit out that when the doctor started to get get through to him, she didn't like that because then the father was like, "Right, well, we finally can understand him." Well, I I always did understand him, you know. Right, right. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. Why are you asking me for? I don't know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, so five questions. Uh, Really, really quickly, if you have not listened to the show before, our five questions are sometimes based, sometimes very loosely based, on the movies we're talking about. And um, so we'll just, uh, we'll jump on in, and you'll get the the hang of things. Um, Five questions. I think most of these will go pretty quickly. But uh, what is your number one? What is your favorite Daniel Day Lewis role? Lincoln. Okay, this one will go quickly because Lincoln was also mine. All right. <laughs> um, I have seen scenes. Now I know that one's coming up maybe in a couple of years for us. Uh, in the name of the Father is another one of his movies, and I've seen scenes from it, and it looks really good. But I've never seen the movie, so I I couldn't. I didn't feel like I could say that one. Okay. But I do really like his uh, Lincoln. I mean, I've seen Gangs of New York and um, you know, There Will Be Blood, but I really like his portrayal of Lincoln in that movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Last of the Mohicans. He's really good in Last of the Mohicans, too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was a quick one. Uh, what is your favorite Irish movie, either made in Ireland or has an Irish-centric story? Uh <laughs> And I know some of these are going to be tough for you because you, you very much enjoy Irish things. I was just going to say, like, okay, I've got my list of kids' movies and adult movies and mm-hmm. all that. I would say uh, uh, Three Boys and a Girl from County Clare, or The Boys and Girl from County Clare. Okay. I have not seen that one. Yeah, that one's really good. Features a lot of Irish music. 
a lot of really good humor um, about trying to win a Kaylee competition. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's just this, the characters that they bring in are outstanding. And just oh, so good. That's got uh, Cole Meany is in it. And... Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and they play these brothers. And there are these three brothers that played music growing up. And then they all move to different parts and start their own Kaylee bands and come back together uh, for a competition. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it is outstanding. Nice. But uh, Waking Ned Divine That's is a good great. One. Oh, Waking Ned Divine is, is classic. Um, you know, if you want action, Patriot Games, mm-hmm. you know, which was also a fantastic book. Well, obviously it was a fantastic book. Haven't read the book. I mean, that was yeah. great. What was that? I haven't read the book, but yeah. Oh, it, that one's, yeah, that one's great. Everything. So those are all great. I guess three. I guess boys and a girl from County Clare. Is it the boys and girl or three boys and a girl? I don't know, but it's yeah. it's it's that one. Darby O'Gill and the little it's people. It's called the uh, the boys and girl from County Clare. The boys and girl from County Clare. Well, it well it depends. Sometimes some places they call it just the boys from County Clare, and some places call it the boys and girl from County okay. Clare. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Uh, my answer for this one, I a, a couple of the ones that you mentioned, um, I would also I would also jump on that as well. Um, but I am going to go with one that I watched a couple years ago. I think it was on Netflix. That might have been how I found it. Um, but it's called Sing Street. Okay. And it's um, it's another music one. It's the kid, I'll just read the description I've got off the IMDb page. Uh, A boy growing up in Dublin during the 1980s escapes his strained family life by starting a band to impress the mysterious girl he likes. Cool. And it's really well done. Like, it's really, it's it's got the 80s vibe to it, which obviously we like, because that's Mm -hmm. why we started this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But he has, the director is John Carney, and he has done Sing Street, a movie called Once, and a movie called Begin Again. Um, and I'm pretty certain all of those are very music-based uh, movies. And uh, But yeah, Sing Street was just a lot of fun. It's, yeah. it's almost a little bit of, like they're trying to put together this band, and they're also not just trying to put together the band, but they're trying to put together um, music videos for their band. Okay. So it's, it's like a bunch of like junior high or high school kids trying to make themselves an 80s MTV rock and roll band. Okay. And, and they don't actually do that bad of a job. Like, the, the videos are not bad, and, and they actually get to be, you know, they, they, they get a little bit of popularity, but it's it's just a really well-done movie, and there's that family piece to it, too, just like in this movie. Um, you know, there's there's some family struggles going on, but it's everybody feels real. Like, it doesn't... It's another movie where it's you're not looking at a group of actors acting out parts. You feel like you're just watching a family and, and a group of friends doing their thing. Got it. So, so that one's really good. So if you haven't checked that one out, I, I'd recommend that And that's one. called what now? It's called Sing Street. Sing Street, okay. Yeah. It came out in 2016. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it is now, but that's where I originally found it. Right. Um, you know, if we're, talking, if we're talking movies about, like, uh, The Commitments, did you ever see The Commitments? Mm, no. Oh, my goodness. It's about guys that come up, they make a soul band. They all live in Ireland. Okay. Um, but yeah, the commitments is fantastic. Okay. Um, I'll add that to my list. So, 
Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, I'll tell you, I saw it, not recently, but recently, uh, the movie Michael Collins. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that one's really, really good with mm-hmm. Qui-Gon Jinn in it. Yep. Um, that one's great. <sighs> I'm just, uh, yeah, just a lot of, lot of great movies. Yeah, in America, uh, saw that one a while ago. That's another good one, um, done by the same uh, same director as this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I saw the movie once by that John Carney. I think I've seen that one before too. Uh, I borrowed. I feel like I borrowed In Bruges from somebody at one point, but I haven't right. watched that yet. So I got to watch that too. Uh, yeah, no, there's a whole bunch of good ones that I haven't seen, but far um, and away. Far and away. It's been a while since I've seen that oh, one. Oh, that one is, is wonderful. Uh, Into the West, I think, was another one I've seen. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, number three. Name a person who you have found to be inspirational in some way. So, maybe they overcame a disability. Maybe they did something that impacted their community or the world or whatever. Um, so, this can be a person living or dead. And a person that in some way inspires you. Um, man, a person that inspires me. Well, John, other than yourself. Well, I mean, you know, for putting this podcast together. I was going to say Love Fest, but he's not here. So yeah, I think we should just sit. I think we just make it him. Make yeah. it both. Yeah, I think that'd be great. That'd be fun. Um, you know, he makes me want to be a better man. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I'd, um, I, you know what? I mean, it's like every day you can find people and inspire you. I, to, to lock it in on one person, I think it'd be, is, is going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Was this, maybe this was the question I should have researched more. <laughs> well, I, I came up with two answers. Okay. Um, let me, let's see. But yeah, do your answers. And, and I, I, my answers, I, I went with the celebrity inspirational people. Um, so the first one, and, and and not that I know a whole lot about this person's history, just the fact that they accomplished everything they accomplished given the disability that they had. Um, and I know that, you know, for, for those who tend toward darker humor, it's, it's kind of become the butt of a whole bunch of jokes. It seems like in, in recent years, um, Helen Keller, Ah. just the whole idea that someone can live the majority of their life, unable to hear and unable to see. Mm-hmm. And still communicate and still do all of the things that she did. Because I, I, I when I, when I, I, I've tried at different times to just imagine that. I'm like, what if I couldn't hear and I couldn't see? It's, yeah. Like, how would I get around? How would I be able to communicate? And, and I can't even fathom how I, I would know. do that. So to me, that's, that, that's inspirational to me. Cause I just, I, I don't even know how. I would get around doing that. I, I, I guess, I guess if that's how it is from a young age, you just adapt and you just do it, mm-hmm. but it's still, there's a lot to overcome there. Um, but the other one that I did write down first was actually Christopher Reeve. Um, okay. cause I just, you know, watching him as he, you know, that's something where he was, he was a very athletic, very fit, uh, you know, very vibrant actor. And then to have that accident and be confined to the wheelchair, um, you know, you'd think that a lot of people would just give up. They would just be like, well, no, I'm done. I, uh, I'm just going to withdraw from public life and I'm not going to, I'm just going to live out the rest of my life and, and just people need to just leave me alone. Um, 
But clearly he didn't do that. He continued to act and he continued to raise awareness for, you know, disabilities and, and all kinds of other stuff. So it just, it didn't hurt that he was also Superman. Right. Um, and that he was my Superman growing up. But yeah. that one too um, was one that I thought of for this question. Cool. All right. Um, did you, did you think of one or we'll go, I, on the next I, one? I, I, I go on to the next one? Because okay. honestly, I mean, it's like, I, my I take. think those are great. Yeah. would we'll yeah. take you a while. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one may or may not be a quick answer. We'll see. Number four, favorite Irish musician or band? Gaelic Storm. That's what I thought. There it is. Okay. <laughs> um, I I wrote down a short list of ones, but I already know, I think, my, my top choice. And uh, on my short list, the High Kings was on there because we listened to their their stuff a lot. Okay. Um, Gaelic Storm. You know, love Gaelic Storm as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Enya. Okay, there you go. Because my my dad was a huge Enya fan, so we we Enya was on a lot, um, and mm-hmm. actually Enya one of Enya's songs we opted to do a instrumental song for our uh, first dance together when we got married. Oh, wonderful! And, and it was an Enya song. So, um, and if I have trouble sleeping at night, I will put Enya on the uh, the uh, our Alexa device and and just have it playing, and I go right to sleep. So. There it is. Not to say that Enya's boring, but soothing. Yeah, that's all so, it takes. There you go. All right. Uh, favorite painter or artist? And, and does not have to be Irish. Hmm. Favorite painter or artist? And even though you I know, just went to the comic book show, I, I shied away from comic book artists for my answer. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I know it's going to be stock. I, I, I'm trying to. I was trying to think of a joke of like, oh, it's got to be one of the Ninja Turtles. But um, <laughs> no, I, you know, I'll tell you, um, uh, probably Michelangelo okay. or Michelangelo, if you're going to say, it, you know. But uh, I, I would say him, and I think it's just because the um, uh, he did the Pieta. Which is in the? Mm-hmm. It's Saint, uh, not Saint Mark's, Saint Paul's. Is that the, the Vatican, the yeah. cathedral in the Vatican? Yeah. yeah. And I think that was. Or Saint I Peter's. Just, Saint Peter's. Yeah. That's right. Not Saint Paul's. Saint Peter's. Saint Paul's is London. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Saint Peter's and the that that uh, the 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 sculpture of the Pieta was pretty uh, was pretty amazing, and so. I mean, that's kind of one of the times that art has kind of really, really moved me. Um, so I, I would say him just, you know, because of that. Uh, I also really tend to like a lot of impressionistic art, mm-hmm. which is a completely different thing. Um, and then I'm just going to wrap up my comments that say I am woefully ignorant when it comes to the world of art. And it's something that I, I really... I hope to remedy in a, in, in the near future. So, you know, if you were going to ask me this question again in a month or a year, I, hopefully I'd be more educated, but yeah, there's my answer. Nonetheless, what about yeah. you? Um, I, I can do a pretty quick one. Actually, we, when we were going through our uh, collection of books here in our library, we had to kind of mm-hmm. weed out some stuff. And, um, I had a book in particular that uh, I think it was from the Tate Gallery in London when we used to live over there. They mm-hmm. had a special exhibit of William Blake's 
uh, paintings. And I always really liked his stuff. Now it's very grotesque. It's like something you'd, you'd expect to see in like an illustrated copy of Dante's Inferno. Um, I always liked his stuff. He's not the painter that I ended up choosing because my, my answer shoots to the top of my head right away. Um, and that is Edward Hopper. Okay. Now, are you familiar with Hopper? I am not other than the guy on stranger things, but well, yeah, a little different, but, um, yeah. So have you ever seen the painting Nighthawks? Uh, no. Should I, let me look it up right now. It's, it's very famous. It's actually in the, um, art Institute of Chicago. It's in their collection. And it is the famous painting of a bunch of people sitting at a diner late at night. Okay. And it's called, it's called Nighthawks. Yeah. By Blake? By, no, by Edward Hopper. Hopper. Yeah, if you find Nighthawks by by William Blake, let me know because I'd be curious to see what that looks like. Got it. Okay. There's gonna there's gonna be like winged demons drinking coffee and all kinds of stuff. All right, Nighthawks. Okay. All right. So, so I don't know if you've seen that painting before. That's probably his yeah. most famous painting. Um, but he's he's my favorite by far. He's my favorite. Um, one of the things I really like about his paintings is. They are just these, like, there's always some kind of a story to them. Like, sometimes when I look at a, at a particular painting, you get that there's a story, and it's, it's either something very, very grand, or, or you know, it's, it's always some, you know, with the more traditional, with the older paintings, it's always some grand topic. It's either something religious or something related to, to war or um, a landscape or something like that. His are just very, like, slice-of-life kind of moments. Okay. And yeah. his other one, like the other one of his that I think is probably my, my favorite, maybe even more so than Nighthawks, is called, um, uh, is it called a movie theater? New York Movie is what it's called. And all it is, is it's, you see kind of the, the left-hand side of the painting is, you can't even see the movie theater screen, but you see like a portion of the movie theater screen. You see some people sitting in seats in a movie theater in like a 1930s style, really ornate ornately decorated movie theater. And then the right-hand portion of the painting is this woman who's leaning up against a a wall um, on the side of the theater, just right outside the door. And she's standing there by herself, and she looks either worried or concerned or something. And it's just, you you look at that, and you're just like, there's a story here. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what the story is, but it's really interesting. And he's taking these little tiny moments in life or in somebody's life and just bringing them to life through the painting. And it's, this is called, New this York one's movie. called New York movie. It's cool. a 1939 painting called New York movie. Um, that may be one of my favorites. That was actually the, the desktop background on my computer for several years. Cool. But I used to use a lot of his paintings when I would, when I was teaching language arts with seventh and eighth graders, I, if we were ever doing something where I wanted them to start writing some type of a story and I wanted to give them a prompt to start off with, I, sometimes I would give them a bunch of different examples of his paintings and I'd say, take one of these and have this be the beginning of your story. And like, okay. take this and, and run with the story from here. Like, what is this woman in this painting? What is she worried about? What is she? Is she, did someone leave her? Was she supposed to meet someone here to watch the movie with and they never showed up or... You know what's going on here? Why does she? Why is she not watching the movie with everyone else? Why is she mm-hmm. concerned? Um, you know, and so that's I just I really like that about his paintings. 
So that cool. one would be my favorite, Edward Hopper. Cool. All right. Well, I think that does it for our five questions, and that's going to do it for my left foot. So um, well, we're going to be back here next week for UHF. So a slightly different movie than my left foot. Yes. You know, a, a bit a bit opposite, but that's okay. A bit. That's a what bit. we're all about. Just a bit, a mm-hmm. bit. Uh, so, yes, if you want to find more about us, you can go to 30podcast.com or at 30podcast on Twitter. Call the voicemail line if you want to, 872-356-6843. You can just leave a voicemail there. Let us know either one of the movies we've talked about or one we've got coming up. We'll play it on the show and respond to it. Uh, Our next episodes, like I said, are UHF and then Dead Poets Society, Driving Miss Daisy. And sometime we're going to drop in an episode for the movie Shazam. So that might be another one that I just do with the kids. Uh, If nobody else has had a chance to see it, we've already got our tickets to see it next weekend when it comes out. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, everything I'm hearing is that it's a super, it's a mixture of a superhero movie and Tom Hanks is big. Oh. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So we got our tickets. We're ready to go. We're going to go see it next Saturday. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it. Uh, very, very quickly though, Pat, um, if we were to give my left foot, if you were to give it a rating so that I can add this to our letterboxed page of how we would rate this movie, if you're going to give this movie a rating out of five, what would you give this one? I'd give it a five. You give it a five out of five? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go a four and a half. All right. Um, yeah, and, and, and I don't know that I could even articulate why it wouldn't be a perfect five for me, but I just feel like. Maybe that's the English teacher in me, and I'm just like, no, oh, perfect score. I'm gonna, you, you gotta really, you gotta really earn it. And and I do feel like this movie did earn it. Like this is a great right. movie. Um, so I, I don't know if I can fully articulate why I'm not giving it a full five. I just feel like you needed the motorcycle chase. I, well, not even that, but yeah, I don't even know. I'm yeah. still gonna stick with my four point five, but yeah, yeah. So we will see everybody back here next time. So thank you for being here, Pat. Thank you, John. And we'll be back here. Uh, Don't change that channel because we're going to be back really soon for UHF. That's right. All right. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.